Hey there, and thanks for tuning in to episode 49 of the Eyes Free Sports Podcast. This is your host, Greg Lindbergh. Here on episode 49 of the podcast, we are chatting with a visually impaired couple from the great state of Tennessee, and uh, both the husband and wife, uh, who are also parents, have been involved in adaptive sports for many years, and they're doing some amazing work with the nonprofit uh, that they have in terms of events, programs, services, training, just an amazing array of opportunities offered by this nonprofit organization. So let's go ahead and learn more about it here on episode 49. All right, so my guests here on this episode of the podcast are Ricky and Christy Jones of Madison, Tennessee, and they run an organization called Strive For You, uh, and four is the number four, and uh, they do some amazing work there, and we have plenty to discuss uh, here on the podcast. So, Ricky and Christy, welcome to Eyes Free Sports. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much for letting us be a part of it. Absolutely. Really looking forward to this conversation. So let's go ahead and start off just with a bio about each of you. And I guess, uh, Christy, if you want to go ahead and start, just tell us about your background. Absolutely. So my background is really got started as a personal, you know, losing vision at 10. And then from there, I really just struggled to figure out where I fit, where I could, uh, what can I do, the whole stereotype. A typical if you can't see then you can't do anything that was kind of what I faced because I wasn't I didn't have resources I didn't know where to find resources and I was I was 10 so I wasn't really right <laughs> um, I come from a background of you know divorced parents so it was he said this she said that so I mean they didn't know what was going on either eventually I did get a diagnosis uh, first five years there was no actual diagnosis so once the diagnosis of oh yes she is visually impaired then I was able to finally start getting some services and still not what I fully know is out there now and so that's kind of part of my background is my personal um and then I really got as I got older and got more into technology uh seeing what was out there and watching things develop and more stuff coming out more things available i really got into the technology part and worked for a long time working for community college here locally helping with technologies trying to find different ways that they could be used for not only people who are visually impaired but other ways that they could be used services that uh technologies that could read to you for people with dyslexia to make it more something that the college could get, you know, because if you have a certain product, they're not, they may not want to get it uh, unless there's more uses for it. And so that was my job is to try to make sure that you could find different uses for that technology. And then of course, getting to play with the technology, learn how to use it myself and show others how to use it. So uh, then getting into adaptive sports. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. And then just to clarify, what exactly is your visual condition? Really, um, it was diagnosed as macular degeneration. And then I was told that it was not macular degeneration because I was losing more vision. It had to be 
retinitis pigmentosis. Then I was told it was not that, it was bone and rod dystrophy. So I'm, I'm not really certain mm. what it is. I have no central vision <laughs> and limited peripheral, limited colors. I have enough to be dangerous is usually the saying that I go with. Yeah, and I can definitely relate having had multiple diagnoses and just wondering what's the deal. Yeah. So it's <laughs> can be frustrating. It can definitely sure. be a bumpy road. <laughs> no doubt. Yep. And then, uh, Ricky, let's go to you. Talk to us just about uh, your background, personal bio, whatever you want to mention. I was born legally blind with 2200 vision. I had stigmatism, aniridia, stigma, and really just it was all her hereditary stuff. Both my parents, my mother and my father were both at the time of my uh, I was born. My mother was totally blind. It had been since age 16. And my father had some uh, light sensitivity, some shadow usable vision in that sense, but not a lot. And then before I became, I think, 10 or so, he had pretty much lost it. At that point, both of them had glaucoma. They had, uh, my father had diabetes. And so that obviously led to the decrease in his vision. But, you know, for a long time, I had 2200 vision and I went to public schools. Uh, my mom was very adamant that I was, uh, she had, she and my father had met at the Tennessee school for the blind, but she really wanted me to try to have the experience outside of the school for the blind. And so, you know, I went to public school, I went through some of the struggles that most individuals might go through in, in that setting. A lot of, as Christy was saying, some of the negative stereotypes from my peers, from my teachers, et cetera, but was able to live a pretty normal childhood. I always had what I needed. Uh, my mom and Dad were very big advocates for me, taught me how to advocate for myself. They were very big in, you know, some of the consumer groups. And so we, you know, I kind of grew up around it. I knew blindness. I knew other blind people uh, certainly knew that there was more out there in life. Got into middle school and high school, really got started into what the normal kid does, uh, especially the boys getting into girls and to sports. Um, started participating on the uh, helping out with the football team as a, a manager, started uh, working around the same realm with the basketball team, uh, kept trying out for the basketball team. But it was uh, with my depth perception and other issues, um, basketball on that level was pretty, pretty difficult for me. Um, but it didn't stop me from trying. Um, got to know the basketball coach really well. And um, so I went into high school and the uh, high school freshman football coach came up to me one day in my during my eighth grade year towards the end of school and said, well, how about you coming and being the manager for the freshman football team? And I was I don't know, for whatever the reason, I was offended by that. And so I had, he had um, been going around the cafeteria asking every kid that he could think of that was athletic to, to come out and be on the freshman team. But he didn't ask me. He asked me to be the manager. And I was offended by that. And I really now I realize that it was not because of necessarily because of my vision. It was because I would, had been the manager for, you know, for three or four years there at the middle school. But I was offended. And I said, no, sir, I'll, I'll be out for your freshman team, but I won't be there as a uh, manager. I'll be there as a player. And I uh, ended up playing four years of uh, football in uh, Oak Ridge, Tennessee, which is a very huge powerhouse football team in the state of Tennessee 
always, you know, in the playoffs, just seems like about every year competed for national and state and national championships. I made it up to being uh, in the second string rotation my senior year. And, uh, well, one of my biggest regrets in the world, I let uh, a woman who became my first wife, um, I let her spending time with her override me playing football and I ended up quitting. And then later that same, my senior year, I, I realized my left eye was deteriorating a lot more. So went to the doctor and found out that I had blood vessels growing across the cornea of my eye. It's called vascular graphing. And um, it was consuming all of my retina, uh, my, uh, sorry, my cornea and uh, making things extremely blurry. I had, uh, I graduated and then one week later, I had eye surgery to correct the vision. Uh, they were going to do then what was a experimental thing of, of cornea rotation. Nowadays, that or a cornea transplants, you know, fairly, well, it's, it's come a long way. We'll put it that way. And uh, I woke up from that. And, you know, a couple of days later, they took the patch off. But the vision was a lot worse than it even was when I had it. So I pretty much lost all the usual vision in that eye. And I mean, it rocked my world. Uh, a week later, I got married. Mm. And um, but I just I gave up. I, I went through the grieving pro process like uh, anybody that loses their vision or goes through a, a tragic um, loss like that. And um, I was mad at the world. My I thought athletics for me was over with college. I was forgetting college altogether. Just it was, you know, life was over. And then about 2008, I had started working at the Tennessee School for the Blind as a teacher assistant. My brother was going to school there uh, and he come to me and he said, you know, I, I want to compete with you after high school in some sports through the USABA. And at the Tennessee School for the Blind, my brother is, I'm waiting for them to put up a, uh, a monument um, because he's so, you know, he's like, uh, he's certainly one of the athletic gods around there. And people think a lot of him and uh, he was in wrestling and all kinds of different things. So, you know, he, he was used to it. I wasn't, I still was under that impression. You, even though I was watching him do things, it was that, you know, a totally blind person couldn't do anything. And I had some usable vision in my right, but it was deteriorating because it had was overcompensating. So anyway, um, I said, well, let me see, you know, what's out there and available for us to train or, you know, to do something with. There was a, a local state chapter of the USABA uh, called the Tennessee Association of Blind Athletes that had been in existence, but they had fallen out. They were no longer active. So I said, well, you know, let me see what what may it, it may take to put this group back together, because I knew for me, I do better in a group setting than I do individually. And um, sure. so anyway, four or five months later, I'm sitting as the executive director of a nonprofit and I have no experience whatsoever. Um, I had ran my own business <laughs> through the Tennessee Business Enterprise, uh, the Randolph Shepard Vendor Program. And um, I'd done that for several years. I'd been a manager, you know, at a local fast food restaurant. I've done it just about every job under the sun you could think of in the janitorial fast food, you know, realm. So, um, yeah, so I started that 
in 2009, April of 2009, we got several programs off the ground, including tandem cycling, go ball. You know, we were doing at the time we were doing bowling and any other activities we could get thrown our way. We started a run walk program with a local chapter of the uh, international uh, Achilles group. And we were instrumental um, in helping get that started. Essentially, they came to us and said, hey, will you we're going to start this chapter. Will you provide help us get some athletes together? I said, you're going to provide everything else. And we've just got to do the athletes. Uh, not a no brainer here. We'll, we'll jump on. So that was a partnership <laughs> made in heaven. So, you know, fast forward to 2012 or actually 2000. Yeah, that was in 2012, but I, so I'll go back to 2011. One of the members of our of the local association was um, a good friend of mine who happened to be a voc rehab counselor, and she had a young lady who wanted to get more involved after her daughter was going off to kindergarten and uh, wanted to be more active playing and interacting with her daughter, who was totally sighted and she was visually impaired, and so she brought her to our uh, annual picnic. And uh, that's how I first met Christy. And um, Christy then started getting involved in a lot more activities, uh, started competing in goalball. And um, just one thing after another, I was kind of coaching and helping teach the, the ladies. I'd been coaching them for about a year or so prior to that. And so we really got to spend some time together and got to know each other. And uh, now it's been nine years and we're almost 10 years. And uh, it's just been a, a great ride for us. Now we're able to do the, what we, you know, very passionate about together. Um, both of us have competed in goalball and bowling on a regional and national level. We've both ran in 2014. We ran the New York marathon, uh, full marathon. Oh, wow. I went back in 2015, but she, she was smart and said she was done with, with that long distance. <laughs> I was glutton for punishment. Um, of course, yep. when you do full marathons, you've done plenty of half and, and um, smaller runs. So we've done that together. Uh, we've done the tandem cycling. Um, we've disc golf, bowling, archery, regular golf. We've given a try, beat kickball, beat baseball. You know, we've, we've at least tried everything. And then we started realizing with a family that um, that wasn't going to be conducive with our uh, schedule. Apparently there's only 24 hours in the day. Um, and we just didn't have enough time. So, uh, we have our family life is, uh, we have two kids that will be turning 16 in about three or four weeks. And then we have our, our son who's, um, almost going to be eight in January. So we have a, his, hers and ours little scenario going on. Both of our older kids are from previous marriages and we call them our Irish twins are about 19 days apart. So, um, <laughs> that's funny. I like uh, that. One of them is visually impaired, my oldest son. And then thankfully the other two, uh, don't have any signs of vision problems at this point. So we're, we're very thankful for that. You, despite the fact that we were told, um, that there would be a high percentage that, you know, they may have vision problems or at least on my side. Right. So that kind of brings us to, to, you know, where we're at now. Yeah, I am definitely curious uh, the fact that both of you are visually impaired, being visually impaired parents. Any funny stories, any interesting, <laughs> you know, dynamics when it comes to that? <laughs> well, you know, there there are plenty of opportunities where where Ricky will 
you know, get on to the kids for doing something. And Christy's like, it was a dog or, <laughs> um, you know, I'm, my, our, our youngest is incredibly notorious for getting up in the middle of the night. And so, you know, I'll get back in bed and, you know, it, it was a dog or it was, you I was know, going to pee. I was going, yeah. So I've done that from time to time. Um, gosh, I, I know we've had them. Can you think of any? The first thing that comes to my mind when you talk about the kids is telling them that's the dog bowl. Don't drink out of the dog bowl type thing. <laughs> so it's not really anything to do with being visually impaired. Or the time that you told my, uh, Nicholas to uh, turn around and sit down. He was standing up in his high chair and she, and she told him to turn around and, and sit down. So he proceeded to turn around and sit down on the tray of the um, high, chair. high chair. Exactly what she told him to do. Uh, oh, and I was like, that's my boy. <laughs> but if, like she said, it's nothing to do with vision. Um, we've had challenges, uh, to, you know, like any parent has had. A lot of it has been, I think, just trying to figure out the workaround, trying to figure out what the adaptation is, trying to figure out uh, one of the things that my mom passed along to me when uh, my oldest son was little is, you know, so that I would know where he is because, you know, toddlers are just running around like crazy. And so getting into everything. And so one of the things that she, my mom passed along to me was taking a shoestring with a, uh, one of those jingle bells, like you have on a wreath or whatever at Christmas time and um, tying it on to his waist, you know, loosely, but enough to keep it there in place. We started out with putting it in front of him. Uh, I'm sorry, behind him, putting the bell behind him and the tie in the front. Then he started learning how to untie the the, the shoestring. So we decided to um, <laughs> turn it around and tie it back it backwards to where he couldn't reach the, str- the string to untie it. You know, that helped in, in kind of knowing where he was at. You know, we have an understanding between the kids when we go out in public that when we call your name, we expect an immediate yes Marco Polo type answer. Yeah, some some type of thing of sound off or, you know, let us know where you're at. Um, we go to the pool here at our apartment complex during the summer. And, you know, from time to time, we'll we'll just say check in. And each one of them immediately are supposed to, you know, I'm right here. I'm OK. You know, whatever it may be. You know, you take normal precautions like any, any parent would of putting in child locks and um, that sort of thing. But um I know in the public setting, there has been occasions uh, there's children running around crazy. You think it's your kid. You go to reach (laughs) for them. And about the time you go to reach for them, you realize that one's not mine. Um, I have had that happen a few times. (laughs) Fortunately, I've never grabbed anybody else's kid, but I have spoken to them and reached and was like, oh, wait, you're not mine. (laughs) I mean, there's. You know, right away. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. There's, you know, there's some things like that that just happen um, as parents with visual impairment. Our, our, I think the biggest thing for us has just been the simple challenge of dealing with, with the negative stereotypes. You know, I've walked by people who have whispered or what they thought was their version of whispering and said, I can't believe they've allowed, they're letting him out with a kid that small or what have you, rather than, you know, looking at me and saying, there's a father who's walked a quarter of a mile to the grocery store across two major streets, um, is taking his child to go grocery shopping independently by himself. Um, You know, they want to look at me 
uh, you know, in that sense, uh, one time I picked my, our youngest up from daycare. And uh, as I was walking to, to come back to the house from the bus, um, a police officer pulled me over and said that he was told to he was flagged down to do a well check on the baby. And uh, he's like, you know, it looks like everything's fine and he's in good company. And I've been watching you. Looks like you're you're keeping him safe. So I don't know what their concern was. And, you know, just mm. things like that um, have been some some negative stereotypes. I think one of the things that whether you're a parent or you're not of, of visually impaired, anything that you do seems like it's under some type of scrutiny. Uh, if somebody comes into your house, for instance, you know, and it could just be you just got done having dinner and there's something on the table that's, you know, a dirty spot or something, you know, it's automatically thought of as, well, they're blind. So, you know, that just got to take that extra uh, step to be more cautious is is what the way we feel about yeah. it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. So true. Yep. Um, I understand that both of you do have guide dogs and would love for you to mention uh, your dogs, uh, you know, where they're from, their names, anything you want to say about them. Absolutely. So Aslan is my guide dog and I got him in June of 2017 and he is my first guide dog. Um, he is a black lab and he just turned six on Wednesday. So happy birthday to Aslan. <laughs> oh, and he nice. is from yeah. uh, Guide Dogs for the Blind. And it's named after oh, nice. the lion in Narnia. In Narnia, yeah. Oh, yeah. Nope. <laughs> um, I went to the better of the two schools. I don't think so. Nub, nub. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We just joke around about it. But uh, my dog, her name is Alice from sort of like Alice in Wonderland. She is uh, also a black Labrador. Um, she's about oh, 55, uh -huh. 55 yeah. pounds or so of uh, pure muscle very aggressive dog she's uh she's an aggressive sassy. sassy yeah that's for sure <laughs> sassy cuddler uh very you know she's very aggressive with with cuddling she she can very quickly become a lap dog i got her just before christy did i actually got her in february of 2017 and she also is six she turns uh, turns six at the end of april she is my second guide dog i had one before her that I'd actually gotten back in 2009. So she is six years old and she is from Guiding Eyes for the Blind in uh, New York. So we have our East Coast, West Coast. Fairy tale dog. Fairy tale, yeah. Awesome, very cool. And I assume the, the two dogs get along pretty well oh, yes. together. They're, they're very, very much. It's so cute because we have two separate kennels for them. Uh, but yep. frequently when they're out running, we will find that the two of them have went into one small one kennel and uh, curled up in a ball together with each other. So yeah, they're very cute together. <laughs> That's neat. That's awesome. Uh, so let's talk about strive for you. And uh, let's just first talk about the, the name. I'm very curious how you came up for, uh, with the name for this organization. We threw around a bunch of names. Um, we had an advisory committee that we put together and, you know, it's like we really want the name to stick out. We want it to mean something to all of us and really catch attention um, like anybody when you're putting something together. And we decided we had a, a I don't know, we were on a kick for acronyms. I, I guess because we wanted it to really feel powerful. We wanted it all to strive to you know stand for something. And so 
Um, it has been adjusted a little bit over the past year, but uh, strength training, recreation, increasing vitality and empowerment is what we are currently sitting with. And uh, we feel like the, they just bring what we are about, all those words together combined is what Strive is. Yeah, we've, um, we went around and around, as Christy said, and one of the things that we were, you know, we kept bringing ourselves to was that Christy and I feel like throughout our lives that we've always just, just strived, strived for that next moment, strive to be better, strive to overcome whatever obstacles were in our way. And at the same time, we've understood that, you know, we've had some amazing people family, friends, coaches, et cetera, that have come through, that have been a part of our lives over the years. And having a great support team is not something everybody has. We did um, in a lot of ways, but we understood that that striving to be a better you starts with you. It has to start when you're ready for it to start. It has to continue when you're ready for it to continue. Um, it has to be a daily uh, goal for yourself. And so that kind of gave us the last part of that, of the, the for you. We're striving for you as an organization, as a as our team, but you have to strive for yourself as well. Right. And uh, another big aspect with us when we started this uh, Strive For You, to kind of go back a little bit, we had been working for the last 12 plus years with many different organizations doing all the services and programs that we do. And in 2019, some of those organizations were dissolving or no longer active. And we felt like those were some big needs that, you know, the community, um, our community and other communities around the country needed. And we wanted to fill those gaps. And so uh, we decided to put everything under one roof, all of our, uh, Christy said it earlier, passions. all of our passions mm -hmm. under one roof. and. So that's kind of where that concept come from. And then we, you know, we got to strive for you as, as an organization name and, and really philosophy. But we also were very big on making sure that we had a peer to peer approach to support learning and all that. Um, our mission is to to provide people with disabilities with the education, the resources and more importantly, the opportunities to be the best version of themselves while at the same time educating the community, professionals and other others on the abilities and the, you know, how to create an inclusive society for everyone. So all those things, um, you know, are really the principles of who we are as individuals, but also as uh, our team um, and our, our organization. We are people with disabilities working for and with people with disabilities. Uh, we're family members of people with disabilities. We are professionals within the disability community that are passionate to see others succeed. And so, you know, it's a really a team environment uh, here at Strive. Gotcha. Very well said. I know that uh, you offer a lot of, you know, specific services. You put on different events in terms of adaptive sports and programs and whatnot. And let's dive a little further into, you know, specifically the adaptive sports uh, element and just kind of what you guys offer there. 
So another acronym, um, we have ARISE, our Adaptive Sports and Recreation Program, and the ARISE stands for Adaptive Recreation, Inspiring Success and Empowerment. So I guess we're really big on the empowerment part. So we have our Adaptive Sports Days where it's uh, we take two or three different hands-on adaptive sports and come out and show you how to play and you know just have a good time. And then we have our professional development days where or workshops, I'm sorry. And that one we can come out to we've worked a lot with VAs lately, but you know, we can come into any professional business and discuss um, how to adapt something, uh, our methods of how we uh, adapt things and just tools and tools techniques and, techniques and tips. resources, tips, all the good stuff. And uh, just spend the day with you working on that and, you know, get to play a little a little bit of stuff. We bring a lot of the adaptive equipment with us so that we can show it as we go, blindfold a few folks and let them try a few things while we're there. Um, nothing major for the professional development day, but, you know, you got to get your hands in there a little bit to make it a little more exciting. And then we have our, uh, to go with that one-on-one -on -one consulting. So if you have you know, a new person that's come in or you're newly blinded and you really just want to know what's out there, you know, come out and give us a call and we can work with them and just see what we can do to help and how to adapt something that they're really interested in or, you know, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. And you want to talk about the tournaments and stuff? Yeah. So then we also, um, you know, going back to that opportunity th side of things, we are we also here in Nashville, we either host some events such as bowling and goalball, beep kickball, sort of those things, or we partner with local agencies like our Achilles partners. We had a tandem cycling program that we partnered with. Um, we so we offer things here in Middle Tennessee, but we also are uh, offering three tournaments a year that we're participating in right or doing right now i think in the future we'll probably add one or two but right now we're doing um we have our beat uh, kickball event that we do in april we have uh goal ball which we do in july it's a well attended uh tournament it's been going on for many years and then our uh, bowling tournament at the end of uh, uh, august early september uh, we do that here all three of those are here in nashville and then something that started way back when with uh TNABA or the Tennessee Association of Blind Athletes is we have over the years have developed and continuously strive to improve what we were calling adaptive sports conference. But now that we have our seed program, which is our safety education empowering defense program, we merge those together in this one conference, if you will, but we're we call it our National Striver Retreat, and um, it's a whole day worth of, uh, actually, it's a whole weekend worth of uh, different activities, including our Saturday um, cram-packed with breakout sessions on different types of adaptive sports. Um, you can come out. It's not like any uh, conference or anything you've ever attended before. I don't even recommend you to wear your business casual or anything like that you you need to wear your get dirty clothes your tennis shoes uh we're going to put put you into the activities that you want to participate in we've had things like of course you know all the things i've mentioned before the beep kickball goal ball 
beat baseball, blind soccer. We've done uh, adaptive yoga. We've done adaptive um, judo. Was fun. Judo. We've, we'll, of course, have our self-defense uh, classes, our safety education classes. We have uh, sessions on nutrition, on, you know, cooking safely with uh, tips and tricks, um, how technology can help you with um, health and fitness. Uh, we've had ballroom dancing. That's always yeah, fun. Absolutely. And uh, we also had the library for the blind come out as well. Yeah, we've had um, uh, general like board and card game, uh, how to how to put make adaptations to board and card games to help people. So we had a lot of things that go on during that, that Saturday. We have our, what we call our striver awards or um, I think one of the names going around for this year is going to be the Peacock award awards, a little bit of an inside joke there, but anyway, it's uh it's award ceremony where we not only honor the individuals, what you know, are making great strides in their athletic and, everyday lives but we're also honoring professionals who are making a, a strive to to be inclusive so that's always a fun weekend that's usually in october unfortunately this year we had to cancel our event because of covid uh cases arising again here in nashville but um we hope to have that back again next year and as christy said we've been working a lot with the veterans va administration here lately we've also been working and have a lot of things scheduled for state uh, conventions with ACB, NFB, the AER program. We're going to be presenting at several of those. We presented earlier today to the Mississippi AER. Uh, we are hmm. recognized by the uh, AER, the ACVREP, uh, as a continuing education provider. So if you come to a professional development workshop or some of the other qualifying events and you want such as the, the striver day and you know you're looking to get some great information while earning some CEU credits you're eligible to do that and then we also have lastly uh, we'll be launching in early 2022 an actual online course that will walk you through our curriculum of how to adapt sports and recreational activities for people with disabilities so that's all some great things that we're doing with that program it's a lot oh yeah that's what a list i mean i'm just so impressed and really applaud you guys and everything you're doing there i mean it's it's really a full service uh organization not just providing events but the training aspect the teaching the the partnerships networking i mean it's, i'm just blown away um i am curious uh, whether it's through strive for you or even past programs you guys have been involved in um, how has sports, adaptive sports, how have they, you know, impacted your lives in a positive way and even just others that you've met uh, over the years? Well, you know how uh, Christy was describing what uh, Arise stood for, adaptive recreation, inspiring success and empowerment. Those, the, the S and the E there, for me, it's not just words in an acronym. It is, it is my life. Uh, sports for me even just growing up as a kid, going to public schools, trying to figure out where I fit in. I wasn't sighted enough to be in the sighted world. I wasn't blind enough to be in the blind world. And I didn't really know any blind kids my age until I went to summer camp uh, you know, for the blind each year. That was about the only interaction I had with kids that were blind like me and so, uh, or visually impaired like me. So sports for me was a way to, to cope 
with, uh, even if I was just watching and being a part of a team environment, it was, you know, just a way for me to feel more included, me to feel more quote unquote normal, especially when I was playing football, you know, in Oak Ridge, that was all, you know, that, that was the sport. There was other sports, of course, but that was what the town was known for. And so other than the atomic bomb, I guess I should say, but um, (laughs) so, you know, for me, it was, it was my life. And then after I thought my life was over sports, once again, found me, we have time and time again, found people, not only ourselves, but time seen people who have gotten active and have through that, through just participating in a sport or participating in board and card games, having proved their self, their selves and, and their self-worth by going back to school, going back to work. We like to say the, the uh, body in motion stays in motion. And, and I know Christy's been impacted just uh, Yeah, I was going to say, you know, my personal experience has been, you know, I didn't grow up really doing sports or anything like that. And, you know, I'm like, I would have loved to have found this about 15 years earlier than I did. Um, I, by the time I found it, I had been married for 10 years, had been doing, you know, I, what I thought I could do. Clean house, take care of the kid. You know, that was it. And so finding the sports, been married for, I guess, what, what I said, 10 years at that point, had a five-year-old. I was really just um so excited to realize that there were sports that I could actually play and that I didn't have to be left out and so that was definitely awesome to get involved with sports and then you know that followed with going to school and um getting involved into other things and getting involved with communicating more with people and getting I don't know more connections more social the social aspect was definitely something I had never experienced before. Exactly. No doubt. As far as uh, your favorite sports, I'm curious uh, what both of you would say your favorite adaptive sports are to actually play. I'm going to, I'm interested to hear yours. Yeah. I used to be goalball. Uh, that was what I got started on was goalball, but I would have to say probably kickball or disc golf, uh, torn. Depends on what day it is to how I feel. <laughs> right. Uh, goal ball is absolutely my favorite. It's the closest that I have found. I mean, it's, you know, it's not the same as playing football, but the team atmosphere, the level of competition is the closest that I can get to, 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 you know, being right there sweating with my teammates in football. We, it was so funny. You know, we said we both have done at least one full marathon and a bunch of other runs. Back when we were training, I, me- I remember one of the one of the first ones we one, did. Yeah, one of the first ones we did. There was a lot of people that would talk to us and I would say, oh, you guys must love running, you know, especially when I would tell people I'm going on a training run to get ready to go to the New York Marathon, you know. Oh, you must love running. Nope. Um, as a matter of fact, we don't. Uh, we we certainly find the value in it. It's very peaceful. It, it's certainly a great exercise um, and we still do it from time to time when our bodies will let us, but uh, it was always a bucket list item for us. I'm so thankful we had the opportunity to do it. And um, I thought you were telling the competition story of that. Oh, well, I was going to go to that too. Uh, the, the other part to that is well, Christy and I both are very c- 
competitive. And um, this is a funny story, but when we um, when we were doing just getting involved in the Achilles program when it first started, one of the things that we would do is uh, we were not living living together at the time, but we were you know staying sleepovers or what have you. Anyway, um, we would have in our practice runs usually like a two point nine or three miles around the uh, local greenway we would run with our guides around the greenway and, you know, we'd have this thing, whoever's the first one back uh, buys dinner the next day or uh, has to do dishes the next time we're together doing a dinner together or something like that. And so one night we were running with our guides and Christy was running with a new guide and they made a wrong turn and she had been ahead of me for a good portion of the race and they turned, made a wrong turn. They went straight into a closed off, gated off area. And Christy was like, if I turn back and go onto the greenway, back onto the greenway, it's, it'll take too long. He'll catch up. So her and her guide proceeded to hop over the fence and jump back on the greenway just in front of me at the finish line just to beat me. Um, so that was, that's a story of our lives. We found, we found we found ourselves and we found each other uh, in in adaptive sports, and we've our passion for that and our passion to help other people has has been what has really made us have a very strong relationship. Absolutely, I can definitely get that sense just in our our conversation. Okay, so to wrap up here, I did want to give you guys the chance to just mention how folks can reach you at Strive for You in terms of website, social media and just potential opportunities. I know you have done stuff, you know, nationally around the country as well. In addition to just there in Tennessee. Yeah. Like I said earlier, we can come in um, uh, to your community, your local chapter meetings, um, uh, state conventions. Uh, Anytime you got a a good group of people together, we can bring the, we'll bring the equipment. We'll come to you. We'll help you set it up there. You know, either, you know, we have charge, unfortunately we can't do it for free. So we have to charge, but if, um, if we do and you, your organization or, or individuals don't have the money, we can help find uh, scholarships uh, or grants to help, uh, you know, get that funded for you. So we are on uh, and we have opportunities for you to come to any of our tournaments. They're open to the to anyone in the country, uh, our conference as well. And I did want to mention, you know, we talked a lot about the Arise program and just briefly mentioned, but we do have our safety education and empowering defense program, our safety education, uh, self-defense, all wrapped up into one specifically designed for not only for people with disabilities, but specifically designed for the blind and visually impaired. Um, A previous organization that was out there is no longer operational. And uh, again, one of those times that we wanted to fill in the need, uh, the the gap there. So yeah, we've, you can find us on the web at striveforyou.org, S-T-R-I-V-E, the number four, you.org. That is also the second half of our email addresses. You can reach me at R-I-C-K-Y, Ricky, at striveforyou.org. And I'm Christy, C-H-R-I-S-T-Y, at striveforyou.org. Uh, we have an 800 number. You can give us a call anytime. Um, it's one 866 407 8748 uh, a good way to remember that is one eight six six four zero strive And uh, we are on just about all the platforms out there. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, 
all that. So we are accessible. Awesome. <laughs> if I may, real quick, um, we also, again, going back to that peer-to-peer thing, we really, uh, we have opportunities and we will have opportunities starting in 2022 for both our Arise and our SEED program for people to become instructors. So, um, and then they can go back to their own community and provide uh, services there for, for within their community. Also, always are looking for volunteers. You can get it, check it out on our website. And as I said, uh, we are a nonprofit. We rely on the public support to make our mission happen. And so, um, you know, if you are able and, and feel passionate enough to, to support us financially, that's wonderful. But uh, we've got plenty of volunteer opportunities available as well, which you can find on our website. And with that, uh, like I said, thank you so much for having us. Awesome. Yep. Alrighty. Again, we've been chatting with Ricky and Christy Jones and uh, really appreciate the time guys. You guys do just tremendous work there. Um, I'm a beat baseball player myself and very passionate about that sport and would love to, to start a team at some point. And I'm certainly inspired just by watching what you guys do there. So congratulations. Thank you. Absolutely. Alrighty. Thanks again so much for joining me here on Ice Free Sports. Be sure to follow the Eyes Free Sports podcast at facebook.com slash eyesfreesports and on Twitter at eyesfreesports.com.